It's Monday, the 11th of September, and this is The Splash. Well, on a weekend where we saw Sloane Stephens uh, record a maiden Grand Slam win at the US Open and Rafa Nadal uh, moved to his 16th uh, major title, uh, we also saw the Wallabies... Uh, scrape out a draw against the Springboks. Um, but finals fever was really the the major thing to come out of, of the weekend uh, as far as the NRL is concerned. Four nail-biting games, which unfortunately were overshadowed by the coaching concerns in the aftermath of each uh, NRL finals week one encounter. I'm Phil Pryor on the splash, and joining me today is league writer Nathan Ryan, uh, and Nate, uh, straight off the top, we've just had um, NRL boss Todd Greedenberg come out and um, make a comment uh, responding, um, you know, to the, uh, the NRL coaches over the weekend getting stuck into refereeing decisions. Uh, what came out of that presser? You called it controversy. I think that was uh, a little light. Let's call it criticism. And, and that's mm. exactly what Todd Greenberg addressed uh, on Monday. Obviously not happy with some of the comments. Shane Flanagan uh, essentially blamed the referees for the Sharks bowing out of, of the finals. Let's be honest, the Sharks should have put that game away. The Cowboys, they're, they're playing without half of their troops. Arguably their two best players in Jonathan Thurston and Matt Scott. They've been injured for the best part of the year. And here they are. You know, they're, they're, the defending premiers are being bailed out by an, an injury-ravaged Cowboys side. So for Shane Flanagan to, to blame the referees, it is the easy way out. Todd mm. Greenberg was very firm in, yeah. in his stance towards that. Obviously, uh, you, know, you want your CEO to be defending the referees. But he, he also said, you know, these guys are, are under the scrutiny as, as well. Mm. You know, never before have they been so scrutinised. And, and that's probably a product of you know, the day and age that we live in. Everything is just um, mm. you know, put under the, the microscope to the nth degree. So he said that there will be two breach notices issued. I would imagine that the other breach notice is, is Trent Barrett. Brad Arthur did have a, a little bit of a swipe at the referees as yeah. well. But I think Barrett and, and Flanagan were the two big ones. Um, and, and obviously there was a bit of controversy in that, that manly game. Um, mm. The hand of God, they've, they've been calling it. Did Tyrone Peachy touch the ball? <laughs> Didn't he? It's probably one of those things where one day, hopefully, Tyrone writes a book and, and maybe the truth will come out. But <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Not the type of stuff that we want to be talking about exactly. after the, the first week of finals yeah. and some close games. But uh, you, you have to applaud Todd Greenberg for being proactive and coming out on the front foot. Yeah, it's about time the NRL was proactive. Um, <laughs> <there's> <laughs> Normally not, now, reactive, aren't yeah. they? Oh, very. Um, and with regards to the, the Shane Flanagan stuff, uh, you know, he, he, he brought to light seven uh, calls that um, he, he had thought the ref got Had them all written wrong. down. And look, to be fair, I, I thought he, he, was, he was right on pretty much all of them. But this is a cultural issue in our sport. Um, mm. And, you know... Uh, Coaches need to be uh, smarter and wiser to that, and um, you know what they say matters in the in the public eye. And you know when when they're blaming the refs, then yep. that's going to continue to filter through, and we're never going to be able to solve this issue of always blaming the refs. The only coach who was in charge of a losing side on the weekend that didn't blame the refs was Wayne Bennett, mm. which I, I found interesting. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a man who has done it all in the game, and and he was happy to cop it on the chin, even though Flano probably had some some very good points to make. 
I would have preferred him to look at Andrew Fafita's carry where instead of (laughs) hitting one up, he went across the field and he he spilled the ball. It's those type of decisions. You're always going to get decisions going against you. And, um, you know, regardless of whether it's the Sharks, Melbourne, uh, Parramatta, whoever it may be, there are going to be calls that just simply don't go your way. It's how your players are, are reacting to those calls. And in the clutch moments, like the Fafita drop ball, you know, what, what are your players doing? They had the opportunity to win the game there. So, you know, if, I, if I'm if i a fan, I understand that, you know, the referees aren't always going to get it right and I am going to be frustrated. But I'm equally and, and perhaps even more frustrated that an experienced player like Andrew Fafita didn't tuck the ball under his wing and put mm. us in a position to, you know, clinch the game, essentially. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't just uh, the referees copping criticism. Um SEN, the the radio station down in Melbourne, Gary Lyon has come out and we're just... starting a a little bit of a war early. We've got the podcast going. They've got their yeah. radio shows, also <laughs> doubles as a podcast. Shots fired early, Phil. Big, I like it. Big shots fired. He's come out swinging at uh, Gus Gould and the Channel Nine commentary team for being anti Melbourne. Let's have a quick listen to what he had to say. I watched Channel Nine's coverage of. The Storm and the Parramatta Eels, and I must admit, I only got there for the last uh, 15 minutes or so, which was pretty exciting. If Gus Gould wasn't barracking for Parramatta to get up over Melbourne Storm, then I'm not here. And it was almost nauseating to me, the way that they were. For some reason, and we don't play in the NRL space too much, I think there is enormous envy about the Melbourne Storm from the Sydney um Let's say uh, mafia, football mafia. That includes the commentators. I reckon uh, certain high-profile, influential NRL-type people. I reckon there is genuine envy that this side down in Melbourne, there was the salary cap drama and all that sort of stuff initially, of just sticking it to these traditional clubs, and they hate it. Jealousy over the success of the club and how we've been able to build a franchise. 100%. And uh, the commentary comes out too during um, State of Origin. These are the only three games that I listen to watch Melbourne Storm and State of Origin, and I reckon you can tell who's New South Wales and who's Queensland clearly, but yeah, no, they were, (laughs) I I felt 100% that they were going, oh, I need the upset here. you hear the groans, can't you? Well, from what I could gather, and I mean, we finished three games clear, the Melbourne Storm, I say we very proudly, and it just appeared to me that that has got right up the nose of everyone, and they're going, oh, no longer is this a photo complete, you know, so anyway, that is one. Yep. What do you, yeah, what do you reckon? Uh, he's got yeah, pretty, he didn't hold back, did he? Didn't hold back. Mate, he's, he's, he's probably got some uh, some good points there. I'm, I'm not sure hmm. about the, the mafia media, I, d- I don't quite... <laughs> Subscribe to that, um, you know, Melbourne's tactics, especially around their wrestle in the ruck, has been very well highlighted. But I would like to think that, you know, if it, if it was a Newcastle Knights doing the, the same thing, we would be highlighting that because it's all part of analysis of the game and, and spotlighting, you know, talking points. It's um, probably more accepted, or, uh, you know, within the rugby league public that we have these past player. Uh, and you know, high-profile um, people involved in the broadcast that um, that do come from from one angle. Whereas yeah. in in the AFL, I, I do think, generally speaking, their their broadcast does try to um, you know uh, put um, broadcasters on that are less attached to the teams out there. Well, obviously, Phil Gould's the general manager of, of football at Penrith, so perhaps there is some envy that 
you know, the yeah. Melbourne Storm have been able to produce a successful model for such a sustained period, and that's something that, that Gould is trying to put in place. So, yeah, he, he probably does have some, some good points there. There is, is some bias, but in saying that, Eddie Maguire, any time that he's been in the commentary box, I, I think that <laughs> he's never been too shy of giving his opinion and how it reflects his football club. So That's fair. Uh, may, maybe we shouldn't be throwing stones if, uh, if we're the AFL media types. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you once again, uh, Nathan Ryan, for joining us on The Splash. Uh, and this kind of a story, just that, that there's never a more natural uh, transition uh, over to AFL and over to uh, Fox Footy, uh, the team down in Melbourne. Uh, joining us on the line is Tom Morris. And boy, oh boy, what an interesting uh, uh, turn of events today. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, it's not, not, not the kind of story you, you read about every day. Bill, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the splash. But second of all, it's been, it's been a bizarre few hours with Gary Lyon, who's an AFL legend down here for Melbourne Footy Club, um, having a crack at one of your commentators, calling uh, Gus Gould the Sydney Mafia. Do you think that's fair? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, man. Look, uh, there, it, there's no shortage of, um, of uh, critiquing that goes on up here at, you know, regarding Gus's commentary uh, style, I suppose. I, I didn't even realise you, you guys watched NRL down there. <laughs> no, no, we just watched Melbourne Storm. So this was a <laughs> Melbourne Storm Parramatta game. Um, it's not Melbourne Storm. And we do watch a bit of State of Origin, obviously supporting Queensland. Yeah. Then, uh, then there's not too much interest. But this was, uh, these were vile words by Gary Lyon, um, yeah. referring to the Sydney Mafia. But it is almost a sport in itself, we, we must remember, criticising commentators. And Gary Lyon is a special comments man himself. He's currently not doing any television commentary, so I wonder whether that had anything to do with it at all. Yeah, that is true. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, moving along to, you know, the, the footy, it, it's finals fever at, at, at fever pitch at the moment. Um, a really entertaining uh, weekend. We didn't have, you know, every game going down to the wire, Tom, but, um, you know, Richmond's display against Geelong on Friday night was just out of this world, and, and it's... You know, it's it's uh, questioning the the selection tactics of the Cats. I don't think Daniel Menzel would have been the difference, but clearly leaving him out has been a, a major talking point moving forward. Um, and you'd you'd imagine it'd be hard to see that they leave him out again, given uh, you know that the the trouble that the the Cats had to to put points on the board against the Tigers. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't the difference, Daniel Menzel. I think the difference was a few Richmond players who dominated Dustin Martin, Trent yeah. Cochin. Um, Alex Ranson defence, all the usual suspects. But clearly when there are, there's real uh, critiquing before the game that Daniel Menzel isn't playing, it's only going to grow louder when Geelong is then thrashed by the Tigers after the game. So I, I would have thought he has to come in. There's also that subplot of what he's going to do next year. He's got a contract offer on the table, slightly less money than this year, only a one-year deal, which is probably understandable given that he's had several knee reconstructions. But I think there might be a few other clubs putting a two-year deal under his nose and seeing what happens there. So that's a bit further down the line. Mm. Um, but it was it was a good weekend of footy. It, three of the four games were blowouts, but it gave us an indication that Richmond are the real deal. We already knew that Adelaide is the real deal, and it placed significant question marks over GWS, who really struggled against the Crows, uh, and of course Geelong, who struggled against um, who struggled against the Tigers. So I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if one or both of them didn't go out straight sets. The real mm. danger for Geelong now is they're playing Sydney. So yeah. Sydney finished sixth, but we know they're a lot better than that. They've won 15 of their last 17, their, their last five. They're playing really good footy. They had a good win over Ericsson. And, and then the, the other game was the thriller, West Coast versus Port Adelaide. West Coast led by as many as 31 points 
in the second quarter. Uh, and then it was a draw at the end of extra. Well, it wasn't a draw at the end of extra time. It was a draw at the end of normal time. Yeah, it was so we went to extra time. Five minutes either way. Uh, Port Adelaide got out to a little lead, and then West Coast came back again. And in the end, it was Luke Suri after the siren with what many thought was a controversial free kick. It was, I was, I was, it was happy. a ripping way to end the game. I was happy with yeah. that free. Yeah. Well, to the letter of the law, to the, to the way it's worded, it probably wasn't a free. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. paid a lot. Of, that that is paid. A lot of the exactly. time, the umpire yeah. has a split second to see it. Yeah. He's taken high, and the free kick goes. And he's got to take. He's got some courage to actually finish the goal as well. It was a ripping finish, mm. um, and probably one of the best finals we've seen in, in certainly in my lifetime. But I've been watching footy. Yeah, for sure. And and back to Geelong. Um, you know, you mentioned the major danger being their opponents this weekend. The, the inform uh, firing uh, Sydney Swans. Uh, yep. You can't say the same about Geelong. You know, they've got half a dozen players just not playing to their potential you know particularly that you know the game of stevie motlop um yep. last week you know just couldn't hit a target for, uh, by boot um what what sort of you know uh, decisions should uh, chris scott be making at the selection table this week and and it, could someone like a motlop find himself missing out even uh, I think Motlop will survive, mainly because I think they just need a little bit more X-factor ahead of the ball, um, and he is that in-and-out player. So when he's on, he's genuinely good. They need him, and they need Menzel in the same forward line. That will help Tom Hawkins. Um, the other ones are really interesting because Geelong's bottom four or five, I think, and really not much, not much better than, say, Brisbane or North Melbourne or Carlton's bottom four and five. They really struggled to make an impact on the weekend, and they've struggled for the last few weeks. They rely so heavily on Dangerfield and Joel Selwood. Joel Selwood's been injured before this. Yeah. Uh, I don't see I don't see wholesale changes, but I certainly see Menzel coming back in to face the Swans, which will be at the MCG on Friday night and a ripping game. Yeah, it definitely should be, and and the other game it uh, will be GWS uh, hosting mm-hmm. the West Coast Eagles, who hung on by the skin of their teeth, and um, you know the Giants. They're another team that you know the other top four loser from last weekend that um, you know. Uh, you know, similar to the Daniel Mental uh, narrative, just mm. haven't been able to, um, you know, place enough defensive pressure in their forward half, and and that's kind of that's been their their biggest issue all season, yep. I suppose. Um, you know, yeah, is that yeah. is that going to be the, you know, the barometer to their success uh, this weekend? Well, Phil, there's there's two schools of thought. There's one school of thought that they're too tall in the forward line, um, so that the tall players traditionally aren't as mobile, they're not able to place that defensive pressure on. And the other school of thought, thought is they're a bit lazy. Mm. And that might have been what cost Stevie Johnson his, his spot in the team. Uh, he, he obviously didn't play last week in the loss against Adelaide. But with Jeremy Cameron, the news has just come through, Jeremy Cameron's out for the rest of the season. Um, he's torn his hamstring badly, so he won't play again, even if the Giants make the grand final. I think it makes sense to bring Stevie J in. Because the bottom line is the Giants haven't had defensive pressure all year in their forward half. So if you're not going to have that, you may as well have some X-Factor and some blokes who are going to keep your goals. Yeah. CBJ's a proven finals performer. I think he probably has to come in. But Jeremy Cameron is a big blow because he is an All-Australian player um, from a couple of years ago and a very valuable one. But the real issue is Rory Lobb but John Patton. They're not very mobile. So they're really if, if it's wet, I think they're right in this. Mm. Um, and I think they'll probably win in Sydney, which I'll be there for as well, Spotless Stadium for work. Um, but if, they're, if it's not wet... Um, I think West Coast, big men up forward. They're just so dominant at the moment. They'll be firing after last week as well when they performed pretty well against Port. Yeah, two fascinating contests to look forward to this weekend. Uh, thank you very much, Tom Morris. Uh, down uh, for Fox Footy uh, and uh, enjoy the build-up. 
No worries, Phil. Thank you. I'll see you later in the week. You will. Thank you, mate. Uh, and that'll do us on the splash uh, for this Monday. Uh, of course, head to our website, foxsports.com.au, for all of those stories and much, much more. But for now, that is a wrap. Thank you.